four states, including California, but many young voters sat out Super Tuesday, contributing to Bernie Sanders' losses. Come on, younglings, get off your TikTok, Snapchats, and vote, or I will come down one of the three jobs you are working and slap the vape pen right out of your dirty little mouths. The young people not turning out, that has, that, that's one thing that continues to be True about politics. We keep saying all precedents thrown out there, but that's so far that one continues to be true. You can't count on young people to vote. They will show up to the rallies. They will put bumper stickers back in the day, and in they'll the modern donate day, their allowance. In the modern day, they'll tweet and they'll all day long. They'll stay up all night long talking about these things, mm-hmm. but they won't actually go vote for some reason. And I don't know why that is. One of our favorite books about uh, politics: Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, seventy-two. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, he became really enamored of the George McGovern campaign and was openly rooting for it. It's you know it it wasn't exactly journalism, but it's a brilliant book. Um, and then election night, he and 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 like-minded folks were just devastated because the youth vote never materialized, and I mean it didn't materialize at all. They voted at roughly the same rates young people have always voted and probably always will. Frankly, Bernie just conceded that he said we haven't done as good a job turning out the youth vote as we'd anticipated. When it comes down to voting time, the kids got the classes to study for. They're stoned, or they got their vape pens. But you will show up to a rally. Yes, because it's exciting. Yeah, rallies are fun. Rallies are fun, and you get to see your friends, and maybe you get laid afterward. (laughs) Especially Bernie rallies. He's got, like, musical acts. I mean, they're practically concerts. Yeah, Yeah. it's a party. That's a good point. All the people I like are going to be there. Whether it's a, a Frisbee golf tournament or a Bernie rally, I'm going if all my friends I like are going to be there. Drop a little molly, put on a glowing necklace, and go dance to Bernie. That's what the kids do these days. <laughs> That's the status quo, Joe. Yeah. Hell, the sickens me. Uh, a little more on Corona coming up in a second, but first I thought this the was The virus, kinda, not the beer. I thought this was kind of entertaining. So James Comey endorsed Joe Biden yesterday. Uh, with a very serious James, James Comey. James Comey did? Former FBI oh, director. shut up. The guy who... who <laughs> just he, shut up. Did he release it with an Instagram picture of him staring up at a Redwood? N- Deep no, in thought. Nobody uh-huh. has ever over-evaluated how much people care about his thoughts than James Comey. If I stop you on the street and I say, uh, where's the closest drugstore? That's the only time I want to hear anything out of your mouth, James Comey. Seriously. Voted in first Democratic primary to support party dedicated to restoring values in White House. Oh, yeah, just like Chuck Schumer threatening Supreme Court justices. (laughs) We need a candidate who cares about all Americans and will restore decency, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So then Joe Biden's campaign director of rapid response. Oh, that's what I should do for a living. That'd be a fun job. Here's what we do. We insult them right back. (laughs) (laughs) Or we lay low, lay low for a while, don't do see, anything. Just see, sh- see how quick he came up with that? Oh, it was almost instant. That was a rapid response right there. Right. Just, just says, we should insult him back. <laughs> it might be wrong, but damn it, it'll be rapid. <laughs> but I thought this was funny. So Andrew Bates, who is Biden's rapid response director, retweeted Comey's endorsement with a comment. Yes, customer service. I just received a package I very much did not order. How can I return it free of charge? Oh, that's some good modern snark. Oh, yes. How do you like that, James Comey? Yes. The guy who's going to be the Democratic nominee says, we don't want your endorsement. Yes. The guy you just endorsed said, shut up. (laughs) 
That is unbelievable. Wow, that's great. You know Comey thought that was not only going to be newsmaking, but Biden would maybe mention it, maybe have him standing up next to him. Oh, boy. No. They <laughs> immediately put out, hey, shh, keep it on the di- This is not helping. Hey, stretch. Failure to read the room. <laughs> he so doesn't get how the world looks at him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, customer service. I just received a package I very much did not order. How can I return it? Wow. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow. The guy is just poison. Back to the coronavirus. I'm looking up at Good Morning America. Scramble to stock up. Retailers rationing items as coronavirus sparks run on supplies. The story now has become more about the fear, the stock market and the fear, than the actual virus. Yes. It's weird. Well, and how long will that continue? What bothers me, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, I've been, every doctor I run into, I, I take up this topic with them. And wearing your gas mask. Always. I only take it off for the show, and that's grudgingly. I rinse my mouth with rubbing alcohol every, uh, every segment. Uh, don't do that, folks. It's poisonous. Anyway, um, <laughs> wow. Uh, the the thing that bothers me is you have a combination of lead-footed government response and media hype, and very little in between. And I think I'm starting to understand what we're actually dealing with, but it's I think it's notable that between those two different things, the government and the media, you're not getting anything like this. Um, number one, if you're if you're healthy and and under sixty or seventy, you're probably going to be fine, even if you get it. In who, fact, you're almost certainly going to be fine. Go ahead and finish your screen, but who doesn't know this and didn't know this for weeks now? I, I don't think most people know it. How? Because they get the lead-footed government response and the media hype. God, it's just I don't I don't understand where people get their information. I heard about coronavirus. I Google it. I find out in like five minutes what it is. Okay, and then forget about it. Right, right. If the problem is, and I think this is the problem, it's really contagious, and it's mild, but it's going to be everywhere. And if it's everywhere, then the vulnerable population, the old and the already sick, are going to be dying a lot, even more than flu. Maybe. They don't know this. That's the fear. Because the problem is it's so mild. If you have the flu, you know damn well you have the flu. And that limits its uh, its spread and its exposure. With this thing, the dangerous part is that it's not terribly dangerous. Which is an interesting situation, but I wish they would make that more clear. So, uh, we got more on that coming up. Also, um, if you wear shoes that don't fit, how long does it take your feet to get back to normal? I found this Quite a while. I'll have, that a while. Ne- I'll have that next. Speaking of safety, Jack, and reasonable precautions, a word from our sponsor, Simply Safe, and it's simply with two eyes. S-I-M-P-L-I. That matters because you're going to use that in the website in a second, but it's a home protection system, an alarm system in essence, that doesn't involve a messy, expensive installation and some long contract. And this is what I really want to emphasize is the 60-day risk-free trial, which you can do. Try it out. It takes 30 minutes to an hour to install, so this is not a huge investment of time or money. Yeah, and you can do it yourself, and it's easy. 60-day risk-free trial. you got nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong and get one of these uh, Simply Safe setups and be more safe and see if you like it. And there's no contract. You can end it at any time. It's only 50 cents a day. They have the outdoor cameras, the doorbells that everybody likes these days. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard you inside. It's uh, hardly even there, but it works. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong for that free 60-day trial. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong.
So I, I came across this and I just found it interesting. It's uh, good. That's what we're going for. Interesting. Maybe it's not to you. No. Okay. You ever wear uncomfortable shoes? I'm already interested. Yeah, not so much anymore. Right. Back when I was a man of, of lesser means all the time. Well, there's 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 two parts to that, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, if you can only afford cheap shoes, they tend to, tend to be less comfortable. Also. Well, and my feet. My feet are coincidentally almost exactly a foot long, which has amused me since I was a youth. But my feet are also exactly a foot wide. <laughs> so it's Hard very to, difficult for yes, me to. Uh, Frankenstein feet. Right. On the other <laughs> hand, I can walk on water, which <laughs> you should hear the Jesus jokes. But anyway, back to you, Jack. What? Um, so you, you can get you can afford better shoes as you get older. Also, as you get older, you're less likely to wear shoes that are uncomfortable just because they look good, especially right. for women. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, or just in back general. in the day when I was buying thirty dollar dress shoes. It was like something that the Taliban would do to you. Oh, yeah. I hated anyway, those shoes. According to this, it takes three and a half days for your feet to get back to normal after you wear shoes that don't fit right. What if you have to wear them to work every damn day? You're going to be very, really unhappy. Yeah, I was. Trust me. Also, the average person hasn't had their foot measured in 10 years or more, and your feet change size, and so you're quite possibly wearing the wrong size shoe. I just hmm. thought that was interesting. Don't people just try them on, though, and walk around for a second or two in the uh, shoe store? Doesn't everybody yeah, do my, that? my wife and I have had disagreements over this. Hmm. Basically around the fact that the size doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Every brand is completely different. It's a starting place. It's a starting place to right. get close. But right. apparent, apparent, I've got shoes that range from 9 to 11, honest hmm. to God. Never forget. <laughs> oh, boy. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just I don't get the whole the size thing. It's it's barely relevant. It gets you in the neighborhood. Then you got to try in the right size. But whatever. So, listen, it's I not would, a major thing. I would never criticize your spouse, nor would you mind. But um, does she not try on shoes? Or? No, no, no. It's it's ordering shoes online for the kids. Oh, they I wear see. a size. Well, they wear a size three in this shoe, but they don't in this shoe apparently. And aren't you supposed to order in my case a ten and a half and eleven and eleven and a half? That's what they're encouraging you to do, and then you send that back. Sounds the, like a pain yes, to me. Yes, it does. Oh my it? gosh. Do I have li- unlimited free time yeah, in this scenario? I'm not scenario? doing that. I'm going to the dang old store. That's what uh, Bezos was hoping everybody would get in uh, get in the habit of doing. Order the medium and the large, and then send back. It's easy returns, you know, the, the label, et cetera, et cetera. And 40% of people forget to return or whatever, so then they just sold two pairs. Right. Mm. That's what happens to me at least half of the time. Oh, they get you. Forget, or uh, I got other things to do rather than box up and label this and get it to the shipper today. So that doesn't quite work as well as they're all hoping. And realize you some where'd that sticker go that was in the bag? Where's that sticker? And it's under another shoe in your club. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm far too lazy for that. It's way way easier to go to the store. So do you have all these extra shoes at your house, Jack? Oh yeah. We've got stacks and stacks of shoes nobody will ever wear. <laughs> Variety of sizes. You should have a like a shoe sale, a garage sale, but it's only shoes. Often they're too big though, so they'll grow into them at some point. Sean, you sold shoes for a living for a brief time. That's true. Uh, any any tips for trying on shoes uh, from a professional? Yeah, if they don't have the size in the the style that you want, just wait. They'll get more eventually. You don't need to buy that. This was beyond baffling how common it was at women to would, buy shoes that wouldn't fit. Would, would cram their feet into women. shoes. Yes, yeah, because they needed. Uh, to yeah, have I, sold, them. I sold the women's shoes. Ah. Um, uh, but yeah, they would. Uh, they knew it didn't fit, 
they had an event or something. I don't know why, but yeah. it, it was, oh, no, this, they'll stretch. They'll stretch, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure they will. Was this the kind of shoe store where you'd just go get the box and hand it to them, or did you actually kneel down and cup their heel in your hand and slide the shoe on their foot? Uh, you would put it on. Um, it wasn't required, but it was kind of part of the, the thing, and so right. I got to exercise some discretion. What's the grossest foot you ever had to touch? It wasn't so bad. Really? Oh, jeez. No. Why would you ask that? People no, they're are, like they're, eating and, and stuff. There weren't any horror stories about that, but uh, I would certainly be more willing for... There was an attractiveness scale that the calculations went on in my mind about about there are how much hard, customer service was I going to do. You're only human. There's hardly anything I'd rather do less than handle people's sweaty feet all day long. Oh, my God. Well, they didn't come right from the gym. <laughs> sweaty feet. Not everybody has constantly sweating feet. <laughs> Just disgusting. <laughs> More coronavirus stats. California's declared a state of emergency. I think other states are going to think, well, I suppose we should too. What does that mean, though? Oh, Let's okay. talk about that. What is a state of emergency? They don't use the word in government the way you use it in your life. All right. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey guys, real quick. I got a flyer for you. Check it out. I can't give him a flyer? Hey guys, check this out real quick. Face is fake. You're not on a spinning ball. They're going to teach you you live on a spinning ball. That doesn't make it true. It's not real. The floor is not moving a thousand miles an hour. Are you crazy? That's how you do it right there. That's a guy who got arrested outside a school where he was badgering the kids about his flat earth beliefs, which the flat earth society, Google it. It's, there's a lot of people that are into that. Mm. Most people are into it for kind of like funny reasons. It's like, it's, it's ironic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More or less. Well, there are some like mathematical anomalies that are kind of funny about that, but um, they don't actually believe it. Then there's weirdos, perhaps like him that actually believe the earth is flat. And you don't need to stand outside my school and yell at my kid about it. Yeah, no kidding. This is the difference between impulse, Jack, and behavior. My impulse is to tell the cops to take a nightstick to him. (laughs) Give him the wood shampoo. But. Get in a little stick work. But, no, but. We can't have that. Okay? (laughs) Um, Human beings are so smart and so dumb. I mean, Mm. there's no explanation for wiping out all the loaves of bread at your local convenience store around the coronavirus. Except just, that other people are doing it. It makes no sense whatsoever. And if you don't do it, you'll have no bread. There are cost, Then what will you do? There are cost, well, And bread only lasts a couple of days anyway. So. And they got freezers. Um, Costco's all across the country are getting wiped out of a variety of things. Um, and then so somebody went into their local Costco where the shelves were bare and put up fake signs. There that are kind of funny. Um, for instance, <laughs> we are out of boots of levitation. Sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> Due to increased demand, health potions limited to five vials per member. So oh, they're boy. all related to kind of fantasy, magical spell casting sort of yeah, things. I see. Sold out of all bags of runes, runes and casting cloth for today. <laughs> it's a little obscure. We are in Dungeons and Dragonsy. We are temporarily out of enchanted battle axes. 
All right. So, listen, uh, I, you, all of us have heard uh, on cable news, on the radio, whatever, and in the most serious and scary tones, the state of California has declared a state of emergency because of the coronavirus outbreak. Oh it is my a God. state of emergency. They just showed a guy who is at a Costco loading up on stuff in his like full hazmat gear. Oh, for goodness sakes. What is wrong with people? There it is. Scramble to stock up. On well, Good Morning America. You, they're canceling conventions. They're canceling sports events. Canceling fundraisers for le- against leukemia, for goodness sake! Cancel work. Come on, cancel work. But I, uh, <laughs> you will sit down. You will do your job. Um, but I wanted to tell you what a state of emergency is because it sounds super crazy. It's whenever a government governments are so slow and dumb and expensive and burdened with regulations that try to stop corruption, but they're corrupt anyway. But there are times when they have to move more quickly than they usually do, which is glacially. And this is one of those times. So, for instance, in the state of Cal Unicornia, um, the state of emergency. Oh, I hate it when websites uh, reset. It's uh, intended to help California prepare, blah, 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 by allowing, allowing state agencies to more easily procure equipment and services, share information on patients, and alleviate restrictions on the use of state-owned properties and facilities. Okay, well, call it something other than a state of emergency, then. It, it just it reduces regulations temporarily so that they can get some things done in a timely way. Yeah, we've got more on that coming up. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons about Afghanistan and is that whole thing falling apart. All on the way. absurdity of people's reactions to the coronavirus and what they're buying and how much it's just it's limitless the stories that are out there oh boy Uh, so stay tuned for that um we talked earlier in the week about the agreement between the united states and the taliban to try to end the longest war in our history and uh secretary of state pompeo being on the sunday shows talking about it and um some people with some questions, are we going to be able to verify that they're doing what they claim they're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. So there was supposed to be a reduction in violence. Well, it was a super Tuesday for the Taliban in Afghanistan on Tuesday and that they had 43 separate attacks in Helmand province alone. The New York Times reports 76 attacks in 24 provinces since signing the agreement for a reduction in violence including one in which the Taliban's elite red unit stormed an Afghan army outpost, uh, killing 15 Afghan soldiers. Now, the whole point of this, I thought, was, one, you don't harbor al-Qaeda, and two, you don't attack the government of Afghanistan that we helped put in place. But um, And then we finally got fed up with it yesterday and blasted a bunch of Taliban fighters. So I don't know if it's fallen apart or if this is what they expected or what. Well, and interestingly enough, Tuesday was the day the president, our president, talked to the Taliban's chief negotiator all right. on the telephone uh, to assess all this and help us get some clarity, we hope. Mike Lyons joins us, Mike Military Analyst for CBS News, served with various military organizations in his long uh, career. Uh, Mike, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey guys, great to be back with you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. So, uh, listen, the uh, the first question will be rather broad. What the heck's going on over there? 
you know, I'm eternally optimistic, but now the way this is going, it's uh, not sure that this deal is going to survive these early setbacks here. And a lot of it just has to do with timing. Um, they met in, in Doha in, in Qatar and had the original agreement done there. And now they're not set again to meet. That's the Afghan government and Taliban until sometime in a couple of weeks uh, in Oslo, Norway. And they should have just walked out of one room and, where they signed the agreement and, and walked into another and started negotiating. Because what's happening is more posturing for what the Taliban wants. And right now, in the short term, it's this prisoner exchange. Um, the U.S. told the Taliban that the Afghan government would release about 5,000 Taliban prisoners that it was holding. Uh, the uh, Afghan government says we're not going to do any such thing. The, the Taliban holds about 1,000 prisoners here. And so what the Taliban is trying to do is gain more Afghan security forces as prisoners. So it, it's not gotten off to a good start. Uh, Secretary Pompeo today said it's got to stop. The violence has got to stop. Um, but it's, at some point... Uh, um, they're going to have to say, you know, enough's enough and uh, start start the talking uh, and get this thing going. I just I don't get the Taliban's uh, strategy. OK, so you're saying they're trying to capture more prisoners to have more leverage. But I would think they just want to cool it. Let us leave. We're talking about a complete reduction of force by the end of the year, by the election. I believe that's the, the what it's going to be. Then they get to run the country, don't they? They they'd get those prisoners back when they take the country over. Well, I'm not sure they're going to run the country. Um, they'll have more of a say in it. But I also think it's a sign that the Taliban leaders who we're negotiating with um, don't have the, the full confidence of those that uh, they're still out in the hinterland. No. Let's say that want to do you know, the right thing as well. Um, you know, I, I often, when I was in the Middle East fighting against this kind of, this kind of ideology, you, you came up against some that wanted to fight and some that didn't want to fight. They didn't always agree what they were doing, and I think that's what's taking place right now. I think that um, the, the types of attacks that are taking place in the Helmand province in particular are parts of these groups, splinter groups and tribal groups outside of the Taliban that really don't care about a peace treaty, and they're going to do, continue to do what they can. Poppy season's coming up. There's lots of still things that they need to do to to make sure that their um, way that how they make money still maintain, is maintained. So I, I'm not sure everyone in the Taliban has on board with this. Well, I'm happy to hear that you seem to be insinuating that the Taliban won't overrun the elected government fairly quickly when we pull out, because I've always assumed they would. No, I don't think you'll see that, but you'll see some rights and liberties um, taken away from Afghan citizens, at least in certain areas within Afghanistan. I think that that likely will be the case. They'll have to make changes to their constitution, um, and this is why this is a tough road uh, because you know, they don't. You kind of know where the start point is. Well, actually, we know where their their ending point is. They want Sharia law to be reimplemented. They want to do what they did back in 1999, before the U.S. came in. So I, I think um, there's some there's some still very tight negotiations to take place. I wouldn't be surprised if you again see it broken down by geography. Kabul and, and the major capital areas there is going to be let's say progressive and in line with uh, you know Western democracy and Western values, but pretty much anything outside of that that place is going to go back to about the 12th century. Well, and one more point, and I think it was made pretty clearly by the prisoner exchange theme. The U.S. is willing to say, okay, that's fine, we'll swap them, and then that's that's perfectly fine. But our good friends, the Afghan government, are saying, whoa, 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 we're not letting five thousand guys loose on the countryside. We know exactly what they're going to do, which is overrun our outposts, and so our our good friends and we have very different motivations. 
Right. I think, but, but what the United States, though, showed with this bringing back of the strategic weapons is what we're going to do anyway. If you notice, we haven't stopped our truth withdrawal. We're going to bring that down to 8,200 in the next 135 days. And then within 14 months, I wouldn't be surprised if we're out of there. This president wants us out of Afghanistan, you know, full stop. There's no other way to put it. And I think that right now we'll go back to saying, oh, well, we, you know, we, we tried. And um, if we think there's going to be a problem in the future, if we see guys jumping around on monkey bars with AK-47s, we'll just bring in the uh, strategic weapons again, and we'll, we'll be able to, to take them out from there. There you go. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Mike, we thank you very much for the insights and the time. Thanks. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Oh, boy. Next hour, full team coverage on Katy Perry's pregnancy. We, uh, we cannot got... straighten out every hellhole on Earth. We just can't. No. Good-hearted, decent American people who cherish liberty and human rights and the rest of it. We want that, don't we? I know. I sympathize with that point of view. And the idea of the women and little girls of Afghanistan suffering under the medieval horrors of fundamentalist Islam, I despise that idea. But there are 25 other countries have the same thing going, run by the same ideology, the same people. They're consorting with al-Qaeda, the rest of it. We can't straighten them all out. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear he feels like they'll be able to hold on to their government there in Kabul and uh, hold them off. Okay, I hope he's right. He knows more about it than I do. But. Mm, yeah, it could be. Uh, we did get this text. Nobody cares about Katy Perry's pregnancy. Yes, I, I'm aware of wow, that. Wow, wow. Thank you for that be, uh, helpful advice. Well, that person's be... not going to like our full team cover. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on what level did they take in the show? I don't know. I'm always amused by that. Yeah. Hey, we have time to do this now. This is a little from Good Morning America on uh, people stocking up on the coronavirus. If, uh, well... It is what it is. Here it is. From coast to coast, even out in Hawaii, stores that were recently filled with bottled water, baby wipes, and toilet paper wiped empty. We saw the masks first, and then uh, the hand sanitizer went uh, a little bit after. I guess people are just real nervous about the potential spread. One consumer research firm says that sales of dried beans are up 10%. Thermometers are up 47%. Hand sanitizer, 73%. And none of those numbers take into account sales from the last week and a half. On their website, Kroger has announced that they will be limiting the number of sanitization, cold, and flu-related products to five each per order. I think that's really good that they are limiting people so that people can't like go buy the whole store and there's plenty to go around. Yeah, it, thank you for that. I wanted to get that last guy on. There I is nothing more <laughs> worthless than man on the street quotes in the news. I wanted to get that last guy's comment because I thought his insight was important. To the story. <laughs> I think that's a good thing that they're limiting. I'm glad they're doing that. Said one human being, and there are almost eight billion and that's one of them <laughs> who cares said this incoherent grifter drifter <laughs> sales of dried beans are up 10 percent. thermometers 70 percent. can you take my temperature i think i ate too many dried beans <laughs> i should have I wet those beans you barely choke them down i ate so many beans i got a fever <laughs> ah the lighter side <laughs> It's just it's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. How do we yeah. react like this as rational human beings? I blame the media to some extent. Um, Even though the media is not telling you to stock up on all these things. Not per se, but they're telling you you should be very afraid. Fear is the greatest driver of ratings. Nobody has ever tuned out of, there's a tornado heading directly toward you. Unless it's to run into the basement. It is wild, though, that like, <clears throat> like nobody knows the statistics on the flu 
off the top of their head. And they should. Close to 300,000 people are hospitalized every year for the flu. And 300,000 that actually end up in the hospital. you got to be sick to end up in the hospital. And somewhere between twenty and 60,000 die year and, after year. And you just you hardly hear about it at all. Right, right. And, and it's happening now, by the way, simultaneously. Since we started this segment, there are probably three people across America who have died of the flu. And that will get zero coverage. But because this is new and exciting and people are concerned about it, it's getting blanket coverage. And again, the the insidious part of it might be, and the scientists aren't quite sure yet how this is going to end, the insidious part is that it's so mild. And the vast majority of people trade it back and forth and never suspect that they had it. They just figured they had a cold or a mild bout of the flu or whatever, and they go on with their lives, and it doesn't cause any problem. <laughs> but if everybody has it, yes, the old and the sick... Might get hit pretty hard. I want to interview. Everywhere. I want to interview the guy in Good Morning America and say, "What am I supposed to do with the dried beans? Well, you're supposed to stock up on them. Why? So you'll have enough dried beans for what? What? What bean am I eating, you idiot? <laughs> yeah. Bean burrito, bean dip. In what situation am I going to need more dried beans than I normally have on hand? Uh, starvation to prevent starvation. <laughs> Which would occur if, you see, you need to finish the thought well, look, of... look, the, the shelves are already empty of dried beans. But you're picturing a world where all supply lines have just ended and grocery stores are empty. Everybody's and, afraid and, to come out of their homes and do their jobs. And in the United States of America, we don't have access to food. Yes. We could all use a list, little less access to food for, uh, you know, a month or so. <laughs> wow. I know now I that, that is just, that is not appropriate. This is a serious discussion. Oh, body shaming really you're better than that <laughs> i'm body shaming myself wait no you're not uh okay so chuck schumer physically threatened supreme court justices yesterday it's absolutely terrible it is inexcusable to their credit a number of people on the left and democrats are coming out and saying whoa Chuck, that was wrong. I don't think he should have done that. This guy says Chuck Schumer shouldn't have said that. But the media bias we were talking about an hour or two ago, if you're still listening, uh, thank you. Um, uh, We'll explain what that is and how clearly it's illustrated by this latest go-around. So dishonest, the media. Anyway, uh, that coming up. Uh, Chuck comes in for a kicking. What could be better than that? It's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. I'm from Brooklyn. We speak in strong language. I shouldn't have used the words I did, but in no way was I making a threat. I never, never would do such a thing. And Leader McConnell knows that. And Republicans who are busy manufacturing outrage over these comments know that, too. A Senate leader appearing to threaten or incite violence on the steps of the Supreme Court could literally be a matter of deadly seriousness. I fully anticipate our colleague would quickly withdraw his comments and apologize. Instead, our colleague doubled down. Double down. He tried to gaslight the entire country and stated that he was actually threatening fellow senators as though that would be much better okay now let's hear what 
Schumer said originally yesterday. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Okay, so he specifically, by name, threatens two specific individuals who are Supreme Court justices. And then, when everybody condemns it, including Lawrence Tribe and the American Bar Association, which is way left, if you don't know it. It's like the uh, uh, American Medical Association, way left. Um, but they condemned it, said, wow, that was way out of line. He, he, his apology says essentially Republicans are trying to stir up outrage. He went on to say, I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point would, was there would be political consequences. Political consequences. I'm from Brooklyn. We speak, we speak in strong language. So again, Schumer is just despicable. And you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I'm just amazed that there isn't an attempt to make Trump more of an outlier um, for the way he talks, as opposed to join in. If if you're if you're trying to defeat Trump, if he's breaking norms that you know are the foundation of this country, also doing it is helping somehow. I don't. It ruins your argument from the left. I, that's why I'm surprised they do it. Okay. I do, oh, Jonathan Turley responded, Schumer's threat to the court that you will pay the price is a direct attack on the integrity of our courts. I criticize Trump for his reckless comments about the courts. Where is the chorus of condemnation of Schumer? Schumer sounded more like a stalker than a statesman. Wow. And then this is what I was talking about earlier, and this is such a perfect example of it. If there is a pro-life rally, well, you know what? This actually happened in the context of the shooting at the softball field where Steve Scalise was almost killed, where the crazed Bernie supporter tried to murder a bunch of Republicans, the headlines were Republicans react to attack on softball field. Or in this case, Politico, Mitch McConnell is set to pour gasoline on a Chuck Schumer Supreme Court controversy. So they never report on what the awful thing that some Democrat did. They always make the headline about the Republican reaction because they don't want to deal with the original thing because it's too uncomfortable. It's a, it's a subtle but really obvious method of media bias once you yeah, it's re- really good. learn I'll, to recognize I'll it. I'll have to keep my eye out for it because it is subtle and it's good. I mean, if from their standpoint. I can understand why you would do it. Right, right. I mean, if I were to, you know, just punch Positive Sean in the face. Hey! Exactly. And the headline was, Positive Sean protests workplace violence. That lets me off the hook. And you see the media doing that all the time. Hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's awful. But so we're going to go, we're going to escalate on both sides. We're going to go further that direction as opposed to, I Tamping hope down. not. Well, it sure looks like we are. Well, yeah, I think that was pretty extraordinary. Right. You have released the whirlwind. Well, the one thing we've told you a number of times, and the more you look, the more you notice it, it's really tough to get people's attention, especially if you have to get a lot of people's attention, with reasonableness or uh, an appeal to their intellect. You have to either terrify them or make them really, really angry. 
to get them to show up to the polls or donate or whatever. And so Schumer's there, he's there on the steps of the uh, Supreme Court as they're hearing a case, whipping up a crowd into onto the edge of violence. Why does he do that? That cynical old piece of garbage? It's because he wants them to vote in November. Yeah. And you will pay the price. These desperate for pro-abortion people to show up in November. It's pretty quickly self-limiting, though, if, uh, whether you're yelling at employees, kids, uh, people on your sports team you're coaching, whatever. If it's always yelling, pretty soon people just tune it out. Yeah, you have to keep upping the ante to the point that you lose your voice. They're just, they're just Nobody hears it. It's just everybody's yelling all the time. Right, yeah. You can't be threatening Supreme Court justices and then accuse Republicans of manufacturing outrage. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing thing to say. huh? No, it's real outrage. Lawrence Tribe is actually outraged. Schumer, the American Bar Association is actually outraged. It's not manufactured. What you said was horrible. Just You have released the whirlwind. Jeez, I swear to God, he has Satan's cell phone number, and he uses it. The two of them are on each other's speed dials. He's evil. Evil. And you will pay the price. Uh, What does that mean? Uh, Judge Kavanaugh. What was the other one? Judge Gorsuch. You won't know what hit you. No, I was talking about Republican legislators. Evil. Got a little more on the coronavirus, including the fact that the movie Contagion is skyrocketing in terms of uh, movies people want to watch. I don't even remember that movie. It was about, uh, well, something like the coronavirus. It wasn't a very popular movie. Now it's hugely popular. It was years ago, wasn't for, it? Yeah, yeah, for some yeah. for some reason, people want to watch a movie about a virus. There's a real one, though. Watch that. <laughs>